G'day everyone and welcome to our MSA podcast with our coaches, getting to know our coaches here at MSA and this week we've got our head basketball coach to have a chat to, Brenton O'Brien. G'day Brenton, how are you? I'm good thanks Tony, how are you? Fantastic, thank you mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Let's go from the start and talk about your journey to where you are now. Talk to us about your sporting youth. Well, as a youth athlete, I probably wasn't considered as an elite athlete. Um, I got cut from every rep team that I tried to make from under 12s all the way through to bottom age under 18s. And then fortunately, someone gave me a shot when I was top age under 18s and put me into a second BJBL team down in Geelong. And it was probably what sparked my love for the game, which was awesome. Um, it had its ups and downs, but also made me pretty resilient. So that, um, for me to go from trying out multiple times and not getting the result I wanted, did help that I grew a foot in a year. I went from being the yeah. smallest kid on the court to um, six foot four, which really helped. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was a good experience. After that, I went from playing oh, the lower levels of representative basketball and then making the under-20 team at Geelong and then... Ended up making a squad at, in some of the senior teams at Geelong, but never really got to play at that level. But that's what kind of got me into coaching is that I found my level. And, yeah, I thought that was probably where I could impact the game the most. It's pretty important, isn't it, I, I believe, for kids that they experience all aspects of sport. I mean, even even the really talented, good kids who get you know picked first for every team and all that sort of stuff, at some point they've got to experience the downs and the lows to be able to move forward in their sporting career as an adult yeah i think one of the things that we need to try and do is have a high challenge but high support environment where like i know there's a lot of podcasts a lot of people talking about that at the moment but it has to be a safe environment but there also needs to be the opportunity to fail and i think for me my parents were really helpful in that area they didn't have a sporting background at all so when things didn't go my way they basically just said to me, so what can you do to try and get to where you want to get to instead of basically going to the coach and telling them, oh, my child should be in this, my child should be that. It was more, okay, what are you going to do about that? Because my parents gave up everything they could just so I could play basketball. So I was very lucky that they gave up things that they wanted and sacrificed things and it kind of showed me how much I had to sacrifice to be good at what I wanted to be good at. And um I think it's a really important thing you need to learn is to build that resilience and that grit and that that love for it because if you can't get through those hard bits, I don't think you really do love it. It's mm. one of those things that will show you how much you actually love something if you can get through those hard times. So I do. I think for a lot of um, young athletes, it's something that maybe lately we've, we've kind of hidden them from that. And I think after COVID, obviously, no one's experienced that for two years, but at the same time, they have. Um, but now coming back into things full swing, it's been one of those things where I think we need to create those environments that are safe to fail in. And um, I was lucky enough, my parents were really good at that and the coaches I had were really good at that. And I never really, like it was tough, but it wasn't one of those environments where I felt like I was just left by myself. There was always someone to support me. Talk to us about that uh, that situation you found yourself in where you were getting cut all the time and all that really annoying because you know you're doing your best you know you know you're right there and and the like but talk to us about the frustration of not being able to get to where you wanted to get it was hard because all my friends were making things so like all my friends were making state teams doing this and then there was me who now I reflect on it 
all the coaches were right. Mm. I shouldn't have been picked then. I wasn't good enough. And I needed to go play domestic basketball. I needed to go referee. I needed to go coach and find these things because it's kind of led me to where I am today. Um, but that's really hard as a 14, 15, 16-year-old to really understand. So I remember one coach I kind of had some words with once and it was funny enough, I ended up coaching with him 10 years down the track um, and it was a really good lesson that I got from him was that it was like, well, we're trying to win, we've got to pick. It's a Representative basketball isn't about giving everyone opportunity, it's about yep. it, there is a performance element to it. So for me to miss out kind of and then him to give me that feedback that was constructive and actually made me go, okay, there's things I need to work on. Um, I could go and do that but at the same time he also told me like you just don't have a point of difference and when I grew that obviously made a point of difference for me there was no real size in my age group in Geelong so it just gave me an opportunity there but um, yeah I think the whole um, going through that really helped me now as the coach I am and it's like as we all know as coaches if we're going to be a coach we don't do it for the money we don't do it for anything like that no, no, yeah we do it because we love it and that's yeah. what really fostered that love of basketball for me and it's what it's why it's why i love doing what i do i'm very lucky i get to do what i do every day and um it's taken a long time but all those failures and all those things that have gone against me have or the moments of adversity have really helped me fall into a place where I'm happy and I get to do what I love every day. And I, I think the other great thing about it also is, is that it helps you build empathy for the kids that you're coaching. So if you've got to go up to a kid now and say, look, mate, sorry, you didn't make the team, you understand how he's feeling as well and the way you deliver your response to him or your talk to him is probably a little bit different than maybe other coaches who were able to go through teams after teams after teams. I think it's a strength and a weakness of mine that that I do have that I think every coach has that empathy. I really do. Yep. After a few times, you see how much it really hurts the kids when they miss out on something. But for me, I think, yes, it's a good thing because I do understand that. But at the same time, I'm still learning how to be have those high-performance traits really where I, I have to pick a team sometimes because my KPI is to win. And it's in the end, I have to have those hard conversations. But... I'm getting better at understanding that those hard conversations have to happen because every aspect of life you have them. Like I could be here at work and I might have to have them. I might be at a state team trial and I might have to, I do have to have them. Mm. But they're really important conversations that are really important for the rest of your life. And I think that empathy has helped me, especially here at school where if things aren't going their way, it's more, okay, let's forget about the adversity the things that are really like you didn't make this team it's like how do we continue to get better and how do we put a planning place to do that so there's been a number of kids here that i've had to do that with which in the end it comes down to going up age groups like physical development things like there's a million things that can really influence that but i think yes understanding how they're feeling has really helped me because it helps me build good relationships with these athletes and the athletes i work with but at the same time, it's still something I'm improving on is that I need to be better at making those, having those hard conversations. But yes, I think the deliver, it has really influenced who I am as a coach and how I actually do deliver that kind of feedback. Are you an emotional sort of guy? And if you are, do you find it hard to separate the emotion from that coaching aspect of just talking sport? That's a really good question. Um, I think I am an emotional person, but 
I've really matured in that area, especially probably the last five or six years. I know when I was younger, I was a bit of, not a hothead, but I was just very emotionally involved in mm. things. And you learn real quick on reflection that it's not helpful all the time. So I'll never change who I am as a person. Like I remember one of the best coaches I ever worked with told me, um, you've got to be yourself, Brenton, you can't be me. So you've got to coach like who you are, be who you are, your personality. And um, that's something I'll never change. I think that emotional side of my coaching will always be there, but it's definitely something I have to work on all the time is how do I manage that emotional response. And But it's definitely a strength of mine that helps me build those relationships, which in the end, coaching is building relationships in the first part. If you can't do that, it's really hard to do the rest of it. Let's move forward to your first coaching experience. How did that all go? First coaching experience, I was very lucky. I, I um, was the assistant coach for the under-14 boys at Geelong that went to the national championships. Um, like the we had a really good team had one guy who's now was an nbl player a couple other guys one now is now in the afl um super talented team that was the age group that ben simmons was in um christian Petraka. i was 17 so 17 coaching under 14s yeah so cool. i was the assistant coach i was still playing um at the time and I still remember losing to Christian Petrarca in the um, semi-final. He hit a big three and turned to the crowd and gave him the big shush to him. It was, yeah. it was just an ultimate competitor. But it was, um, it was an awesome experience. But it was probably the experience after that that was the most influential where I got my own team. And like a lot of young coaches, we think we know everything. And I walked in there and then I realized real quick I didn't. Um, Did you feel like a fish out of water at that point? Did you- I, I, I'm pretty lucky that I... I, I I'm not scared to jump in the deep end and if things aren't working, I can change it. But I think those experiences really helped me with that, like learning that being dynamic is way more important than anything else. So, but yeah, it was just interesting and you don't realise all the dealing with parents and dealing with the athletes as an assistant coach. It's really easy as an assistant because nothing falls on you. So um, yeah, that that was an experience that was going from like a really high-end junior elite level down to like a 14-2s team at Geelong. Um, I really learned quickly and I was really lucky. I had some supportive parents there that really helped me. Um, I didn't make it through the whole season because I ended up moving to Warrnambool for uni. Okay. Um, so yeah, just it kind of showed me the commitment levels that need to happen and but also at the same time showed me how much I loved it and that's that's what I wanted to do. So yeah, it was a, it was contrast of like high end to okay, now I need to coach and it kind of helped me build my philosophy from there. Are you a tactical coach or are you more of a hands-on discussion type sort of coach? I, I really enjoy the tactical side, but I don't think it's my strength. Yeah. I think my strength is the relationship side where I can help those athletes be better as people and as, a, as, a, as an athlete and then understand those things. But everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and like obviously I think... For me, tactically, the offensive side of the ball is something I'm way more in tune with. I'm still developing the other side, but at the same time, like the tactics are all great, but I do believe if you can't connect with the athletes and your other coaches and the parents and everyone involved, that it's really, really hard to put any tactics mm-hmm. in. So, Good opportunity to mention a couple of coaches that have moulded you to where you're at. Well, my biggest influence that 
in my career so far has been David Herbert, who um, I was so lucky when I, I was at Cryo Bay coaching the youth league there. And then I ended up going back to Geelong after a couple of years away. And he just got the job there as the director of coaching and the women's coach. And I know for everyone in basketball, Herbie's one of those guys that everyone loves and just always does what's right for the game and right for the people involved. It's not about him. And he was a really good influence on me because I was still a young, like really ambitious coach that was kind of in a hurry all the time for things. And for for me to have him there when I needed him, I like it couldn't have happened at a better time. Like he gave me all the support I needed helped me develop as a coach and a person like he was the reason I went back to uni to become a teacher because he kind of just said you need to have that it'll help you with your coaching and it's what I wanted to do I just wasn't sure how to do it and just was a great mentor and still is like I still talk to him every now and then he's he's now the head of the women's program at the COE okay um, which is awesome for him like couldn't have happened to a better person so I think for him to be in my like when I needed him I was just really really lucky that it fell then um yeah there's 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 heaps of them there really is like Herbie's been the biggest influence um Leon O'Neill when I was at Geelong was a massive influence when I was his assistant in 2019 um like it was good to work with someone that had different ideas showed me that having people with different ideas that challenge you is a good thing not not a bad thing and like at the same at the same thing like he really helped me when I needed that and then also Nathan Cooper Brown who's the HP person at um, Basketball Victoria for mm. the country boys has been a big influence on me too giving me opportunities that when I moved to Melbourne to go coach with him at Sandringham and yeah just always trying to invest in me and help me become a better coach we're going to get into a series of questions that we ask all our coaches shortly a final one for you though where do you see coaching ending up for you where would you like that final coaching job of yours to be I think for me right now like always thought somewhere like here would have been my dream job and it is like I could comfortably be here the rest of my life and get to do what I love and get to work with different kids all the time and help them along their journey but obviously like all of us we have really high ambition like I don't think we coach if we don't have that so I'd love to coach professionally, be a head coach somewhere. I think um, it's something that I need to try for myself one day. Is that At least I tried it. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, well, I tried. And it's a really hard thing to... You, you can't control whether you're going to have a job. It's like in any sport, yeah. really. It's such a fickle industry that like you have one bad season, it couldn't be not even your doing, and you could be gone. So, obviously... It'd be cool to go to the NBA. It'd be yeah. cool to go to college. I don't. I don't have like an actual area. Like I don't sit here and go. I want to be an NBA head coach because I think just being able to coach professionally would be the dream. And wherever that is, it could be like: Do I go to Asia? Do I go to mm. the UK? Do I go to even here in Australia? Like wherever it is, it would just be cool to do it at least once to try it and if I could stay in there the rest of my life I think that'd be awesome Would you find that you would have to change yourself as a coach from coaching kids to adults? Yeah I I would I think the big thing with that is um, as I've said relationships are everything mm-hmm. it's like I remember a lecturer at uni first thing he said to us is like teaching is relationships 
like the rest of it comes after that. Yeah. And I think as coaches, we're teachers as well. And Best coaches are teachers. Yeah, I've like, always said that. Yeah, and building relationships with, with the athletes and the people you work with is number one. So I don't think that part would change much. I think it would just be obviously being able to work with other people because you, you can't imagine that you'd go into a role as a head coach straight away all the time so yeah. it's how do you you learn to fit in before you stand out and how do you make use your skill set for the better of the group and the better of that head coach alright let's get into these uh, standard questions that we we'll ask all our coaches through our podcast series what drives you to get up in the morning and be involved with a group of kids on their journey Sorry, Siri. Oh, Siri talking to you. Siri, I moved my watch. Um, I think to get up in the morning knowing that I get to coach basketball and really impact the lives of like the individuals I get to coach is why I'm so excited to do it every morning. It can be a drag at times, like it can for everyone. Like it's, it, I think I'd, anyone would be lying if they said every time I get up in the morning it's this amazing feeling. But. I think that's the beauty of it is that I, I wake up even if it is one of those mornings where I'm like, oh, do I, I, this is going to be tough. It's like, it kind of gets you up and about. It's like, yeah, I get to go down there and coach some kids that really want to get better and I can make a positive impact on their lives. I think that's the big thing for me because um, I know from my own experience how much basketball can impact your life and put a positive aspect on it and how all sport can. Mm. So I think that's it. It's just more that I feel like I have like basketball kind of gave me purpose and an identity in life and it's like I have a duty of care to make sure that basketball does that for at least one more person and that means I need to get up in the morning and do the best I can every time I'm with these kids. Yep, beautiful. Uh, what have you experienced as being the most undervalued aspect of an athlete performance? Is it mental? Is it physical? Is it... I think competitiveness and that mental toughness or grit is really important. Um, I don't think it's undervalued. I think it's just we get caught up in this whole like looking at what someone looks like. Oh, they're a great athlete or oh, they're really long. They should do this well. They do that. But you just, I know there's a number of examples of people that have made it that don't have those things. And the ones that are usually successful, the ones that have those things, but also have those other things. And they're the most crucial things for a performance. Like, I don't don't think I've ever seen an athlete make it that doesn't have that competitive edge or that, um, that fire in their belly and that ability to like have that toughness and resilience and growth mindset where it's like, okay, I've made that fear of failure is the other one too. So I think competitiveness and like being able to fight through that fear, it's like being brave is really important. They're the two things that I think are most undervalued, like, because that's how you get better and that's yeah. how you, you find an edge over someone who's at the same level of you or maybe a bit better than you. As a coach, what do you believe is the most valuable coachable attribute? So what what does kids or adults need to have that make them easier or better to coach? This is a tough one because I think some of the ones that are perceived as hard to coach aren't hard to coach. Like like a majority of coaches that I've spoken to over the years that have coached professionals, like they've all said to me the best players want to be coached and they want to be coached hard. And I think sometimes that's perceived as being uncoachable is that they're always wanting something. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't mind a bit of that 
I think it, it gives you, that's that edge we're talking about. But I think the big thing is just how, like having that want to improve and having that, um, that mindset, a growth mindset really is the biggest thing is that being open to change all the time and like always wanting to get better at something and understanding that the boring work is the most important stuff. I know mm. like everyone's seen the Kobe Bryant thing where they talk about how he does the yeah. the fadeaway jump shot a million times in the morning, but that's an over-exaggerated, like that's, that's like at the top level. But I think kids need to understand the fundamentals are the most important and that the game doesn't change from the entry level to the top end. It's just they're bigger, more athletic. Yeah more refined and yeah faster yeah that's it it's just being able to be fundamentally sound and not get bored with that like actually enjoy that boring work not boring work but the monotony yeah yeah so i think yeah the growth mindset and being able to like really thrive in that environment where you're improving in the little areas is really important and just understanding how important detail is yeah it's what we try and teach kids in baseball is exactly the same thing that you can hit the ball into the ground and that's fine at under 12s because a lot of kids can't field you'll get onto base not a problem but once you start getting to under 16s under 18s and you start getting to the rep teams and that you hit that ball on the ground those kids are so fast on a bang first base before you're halfway there yep it's yeah oh it's like shooting in basketball it's like i think it can feel like it's working for you and there's no one way of doing it but there's certain things that need to be done to to be a good shooter that like most good shooters do but like the footwork of it being able to catch on your inside foot at pace and you see like i have training sessions here where it's like yeah i know you can do it at that pace but do you know how to find that next gear that you would have in a game so that ability to do that and like not get bored doing that or yeah is the most important thing I think too and understanding why you need to be able to do that and how important it is when you've got a 6 foot 8 immovable object in front of you trying to shoot over him and oh and, that, and that's it isn't <laughs> it like you see like we've got one athlete here in year 8 who his competitive edge is ridiculous like that's why he's so good and that's why we were talking about before about how important that is but now it's time for him to understand the detail and how important those fundamental skills are Certainly is. Next question for you is: To what extent can a student's a student athlete's parent or guardian impact their journey? You, you said earlier that you love getting up in the morning and making a difference to kids, but what difference can parents make to their kids' journey? I was listening to a podcast the other day about this, and they were talking about like they brought up a few little pointers about, it and I think a couple really stood out to me. But for me, it's just showing that you're invested in them without being the helicopter parent. Like, I hate to say it, but over the years, I know parents usually, all the parental things that happen where you have to deal with parents that um, sometimes are deemed as hard work, mm. I think is usually just because they love their child so much and they want them to succeed. For and sure. Like, it's how do we educate and help them understand why things are happening. But... um for me, it's just supporting them through their journey, through the ups and downs. Um, and like a good example of that, and they spoke about in this podcast, is like when they get in the car, let, instead of talking about the game and like saying, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that, it's more like, oh, are you hungry? Or do you want to go do something? Like like you're, you're, you're their parent first and it's like I'm their coach first. Um, and, and, and those roles are really important. Like they need that support. 
And like I was lucky enough with my parents. I remember going to my parents once and telling them, oh, coach said this, oh, I think it's this and this and this. I didn't get court time. And my parents basically said to me, well, he's the coach. So maybe he's right. And I, I still remember that to this day. Mm. And then another example is one of the best players that ever come out of Geelong, never made a state team, like made rep teams, all of that, ended up playing in the NBL, nearly made a boomers team. And his dad used to tell me the story of him coming home and complaining. And what he did was he didn't say anything. He went and got a basketball and said, here you go. This is the way you're going to get better. So it's more about supporting them through that, those hard times and in the, in the, in the up times. Yeah. So they're prepared to deal with all of that and just just be there to love them and support them and be happy with whatever it is. Like the performance, yeah, I know performance is important, but I think it's not the number one thing. It's more about, okay, no matter what happens, we love you, we care about you, and we want you to enjoy what you're doing. We want this to be something like, yes, if you get great at it, awesome. If you don't, we want it to be something that really helps you through your life. Yep. Beautiful stuff. Uh, the best piece of advice you can give any MSA athlete that's listening to this right now? Be your own best coach. I think we all get caught up in, I need to do this with this person, I need to go here, I need to do that. There are some amazing coaches out there, there really are, but in the end, you need to be your own best coach and you need to be the one that invests in yourself. So when you're in a training session you need to be able to find the things that you need to improve on so coaches would have already told you that but you need to be able to coach yourself on them because it's near impossible for us to get around to every kid all the time and give them that feedback um it's like in the gym here it's like we can't have a, a strength and conditioning person with you 24 7 so it's important that you understand what you need to do and how hard you need to work and that's something it's a hard thing and everyone's different like everyone has different things they need to work on but be your own best coach like know what you need to improve on and try and do that within the training session on what you're working on now and i think that's a really important thing for most kids and then that that means not getting stuck in that mindset of oh, i'm good at this is what i need to do like i can't improve on it yep like be open to change and try things eventually you'll find it like it's like you said, it's insanity if we keep doing the same thing over Correct. and over again and expect a different result. So it's just having that mindset and being able to be your own best coach and help yourself because that's going to help everyone else get better and it's going to help you get better. Brendan, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Love hearing your thoughts on coaching. No, thank you for having me. Brendan O'Brien, our head basketball coach here at MSA. We look forward to catching up with another coach on our Getting to Know MSA Coaches podcast very soon.